Texas Trucking Cafe News Hour. Welcome to Julia's Trucking Cafe. I'm Julia, your host. I know I kind of sound a little bit out of it, but I'm fighting off a head cold. I wanted, but I wanted to make sure that I got everybody an episode this week. So I apologize for being late, but this is the best I could sound right now. I hope everybody's doing a lot better than me and you're having a good week. And let's get to the news. A trucker sues a company over CBD gummy candy. An Illinois trucker has filed suit against a CBD candy maker after he lost his job due to a failed drug test. On October 28th, truck driver Trevor Darrow filed a class action suit against Florida-based Just Brands USA in the U.S. District Court for the Northern District of Illinois. In the suit, Darrow argues that Just Brands USA violated the Illinois Consumer Fraud and Deceptive Trade Practices Act by labeling their CBD products quote, no THC, end quote, when he says that they do in fact contain THC. According to the suit, Darrow purchased gummy watermelon rings made by Just Brands USA in July of 2019 to help him cope with sleeplessness. Later, when Darrow was asked to take a drug test for his employer, he failed the test due to the presence of THC, which he blames on the CBD candy. Darrow was fired by his employer as a result of a failed drug test and was out of work for a couple of months before finding a new job. The class action suit is open to persons who have purchased Just Brands USA CBD products labeled, quote, no THC, end quote, in the state of Illinois within three years of this filing. You can click in this article for more information on this lawsuit. You can also view a video created earlier this year by OOIDA highlighting the risks of CBD using for CDL holders by clicking here. Just because it says no THC, they can't get it all out of the product of the CBD. If you have a commercial driver's license, you cannot take anything without a prescription from a doctor. And you have to have the prescription or a copy thereof or the medical bottles from the doctor. You can't just take it because, oh, I I can't sleep, so I'm going to try some CBD stuff because I heard it was good. No, you can't do that. You are driving a commercial vehicle. You are under federal mandate, federal guidelines. You cannot be taking any kind of drugs, prescription strength, without a prescription from the doctor. Over the counter, that's a little bit different. But still, like NyQuil and that kind of thing, it's got alcohol in it. You can't be taking that crap. Unless you're doing a 34, if not longer. All right, let's get to the next article. Police investigate multiple vehicle crash that killed a trucker. Florida police are looking for answers after a serious crash involving multiple trucks that claimed the life of a truck driver on Monday, November 4th in Pasco County, Florida. Florida Highway Patrol says a 53-year-old driver, Edward R. Holtz II, was driving north on US-98 when, for unknown reasons, he crossed over the center line into the southbound lane. Holtz's truck struck a southbound truck driven by Afni Duclos, 41. Holtz's semi then struck a a second southbound semi-truck driven by Baron A. Spivey, 48, and a pickup truck 
driven by 33-year-old LeVon Philip Snyder. The pickup then crashed into one of the southbound semi-trucks. A northbound SUV traveling behind Holtz also crashed into the debris from all of this mess. Holzer passed away at the scene. One of the other truck drivers sustained a minor injury but refused to be transported to the hospital. Troopers were then working to determine why Holzer crossed the center line, but they did not believe that alcohol was a factor. The Pasco County Fire Rescue Battalion 4 responded to this crash and later wrote, quote, have worked this road for decades, including multiple fatality crashes, but don't remember witnessing three semis involved in a high-speed crash like this. Um, and the tank, I guess it was Holter's truck, um, jackknifed. He was pulling a tanker. Uh, the uh, steer tires are completely decimated on it. And the cab was a day cab, and its driver's side is rusting against the tank. And in New Jersey... Uh, owner of a trucking company headed to prison for $2.3 million in tax evasion scheme. A New Jersey trucking company owner was sentenced to federal prison after authorities discovered that he had schemed to avoid paying more than $2 million in personal and corporate income tax. On Tuesday, November 5th, 41-year-old Tito Viteri was sentenced in federal court in Trenton, New Jersey, to two years in prison along with two years of supervised release. Viteri had previously pled guilty to one charge of tax evasion. According to a news release from the U.S. Attorney's Office, District of New Jersey, Viteri owned and operated multiple trucking companies since 2002. I quote, Between 2002 and 2011 and in 2015, Viteri evaded the payment of more than $2 million in personal and business-related taxes. By, quote, pyramiding companies and using nominees as the purported owners of several of the companies in order to shield business assets while incurring employment tax liabilities, failing to file timely and accurate quarterly federal tax returns, by falsely categorizing employees as independent contractors for whom employment taxes did not have to be paid, also receiving unreported kickback income from an employee, and concealing personal income and assets by using nominees and depositing substantial amounts of income into nominee bank accounts and failing to report that income on his personal tax returns. Authorities say that the IRS determined that Viteri owned $785,000 in tax from one of his trucking companies, along with 315000 in personal income tax. Victoria made payments to the IRS from August 2011 through December 2013, but stopped, claiming he wasn't making enough money to continue paying. In spite of his claim, investigators determined that Viteri spent $111,000 in rental payments and another $920,000 on a home in Cream Ridge that he purchased under his mother's name. Viteri tax evasion totaled $2.3 million according to federal authorities. And two Tennessee DOT contract workers were killed. A trooper was hurt in a multiple vehicle crash. Tennessee transportation officials say that two workers were killed and a state trooper was hurt in a crash involved a semi-truck early on Wednesday in Arlington, Tennessee. Tennessee Highway Patrol reports that two ANA safety workers contracted by the Tennessee DOT were replacing reflectors along the westbound I-40 
at mile marker 26 when the crash occurred. Tennessee News local Memphis confirmed that a semi-truck struck state police patrol cruiser and then hit the workers. Sergeant R- Chris Richardson explains, quote, We had a Tennessee DOT area working. They were working on the roadways, and we had a tractor trailer that came into the scene. And instead of slowing down or moving over, he crashed into the patrol car and then into the two workers, end quote. Two workers died in the crash. The trooper had been taken to the hospital and is expected to be okay. It is clear at this time whether anyone else was hurt. Incident resulted in lane closures on I-40 for several hours. All lanes were reopened at 9.30 that day. In a high-speed poli- high police chase ends with a bang in a crazy video that you can view in this article that's in the show notes. The dramatic end to a police pursuit involving a Georgia State Patrol and an unsuspecting truck driver was caught on camera in Jessup, Georgia on Monday. The incident started on Monday afternoon after police received a call about a vehicle allegedly stolen by a 21-year-old North Carolina gang member, Dejan Tanner and Ray Jordan. Officers located the vehicle and began a pursuit from Long County and Wayne County at speeds of over 100 miles an hour. Pursuit ended around 3.30 p.m. when Tanner swerved to avoid stop sticks and crashed head-on into a semi. Police were eventually able to take both Tanner and Jordan into custody. Tanner faces several charges including theft by receiving stolen property, reckless driving, and attempt to elude police. Jordan had a previous warrant for felony and armed burglary. Jordan suffered a fractured hand in the crash, and nobody else was hurt. And a truck driver dies after plummeting off of the I-10 overpass. Texas police say that a truck driver was killed on Thursday morning near downtown San Antonio when his truck crashed off an overpass onto the roadway below. Authorities say that the truck driver had merged onto I-10 westbound from I-35 southbound when he became involved in a minor crash with another vehicle. Following that crash, the truck driver lost control and crashed off of I-10 with his vehicle coming to rest upside down on the roadway below. The truck driver did not survive the crash. His identity has not been released, but he has been described as a male in his early 60s. No other injuries were reported. The driver of the second vehicle stayed at the scene and is cooperating with police. No charges are pending against that driver at this time. A viral post highlights tragic consequences of cutting off trucks. Earlier this year, a 26-year-old truck driver lost his life while hauling a load of steel beams. Now his story is being shared as a reminder to motorists that there are consequences for their recklessness. A viral Facebook post about the death of a 26-year-old truck driver earlier this year is serving as a sad reminder about the price that truckers often pay for other people's bad driving. The post focuses on the March 2nd death of truck driver Nelson Massey, who lost his life in Oakdale, Minnesota, when the load of steel beams that he was hauling shifted after he braked suddenly, reportedly to avoid another vehicle. The steel beams crashed through the cab of his truck. Massey died at the scene. Months after Massey's tragic death, Facebook posts shared by user Gary Vinson began going viral. In the post, Vinson points out that truckers like Massey often pay with their lives for the thoughtlessness and mistakes of other drivers. The post reads as follows. For those of you unaware, yesterday morning at approximately 10 o'clock, a truck driver, Nelson Massey, age 26, 
was killed on 694 southbound near the 10th Street Interchange in Oakdale. He was killed when he had to suddenly slam on the brakes to avoid piling into a car that had cut him off, and the steel beam he was carrying slid forward and pierced the cab. People for your own lives and theirs, stop cutting in front of semis. That big open space they leave is not for your convenience. They weigh in excess of 15 tons empty and 40 tons loaded. You do not stand a ghost chance in hell if you choose to tangle with them. This is the young man who lost his life at work. Think before you put yourself in their safe zone. That's what that clear space is for. And in other news... A truck driver shot in apparent road rage incident. A truck driver survived after he was shot during a suspected road rage incident on a Virginia roadway. The shooting occurred about 2.45 on Thursday in Chesterfield County, Virginia, according to Richmond newspaper. Authorities say that a truck driver traveling on Chippenham Parkway near the Jefferson, excuse me, Jefferson Davis Highway interchange was shot by another person in a vehicle. Police were able to locate the suspect vehicle and pursue it into Richmond, where it eventually stopped. More than one sus suspect was reportedly taken into custody. The truck driver was taken to the hospital for treatment of non-life-threatening injuries. Police are still investigating the circumstances leading up to the shooting. And a turn is too much for a tippy box truck. A truck driver making a quick turn is a victim of a rollover in the dash cam below. And as he made the turn, it looks like the truck just, okay, I'm going to go to sleep right here. The dash cam clip was shared on YouTube. This episode of Julia's Truck and Cafe is brought to you by My Patriot Supply. As truck drivers, we all know what it's like to have to wait at a loading dock, grocery warehouse, or paper mill to get unloaded. And you're looking around for something to eat. You forgot to, you know, go by the Loves or the TA or a truck stop someplace and, and grab something. A sandwich, drink, anything. Well, if you had My Patriot Supply underneath your bunk, you wouldn't have to worry about that. They come in a slimline plastic tote that's good up to 25 years. You could get a week's worth for $39 in a neat looking ammo can. That definitely is handy in your bunk. I can speak from experience after living through Hurricane Katrina. We went without power for 10 days, my mother, my son, and I. And if it weren't for the MREs that were flown into us, we wouldn't have had any food. Four 60-foot pine trees broke in half during that storm and landed across my driveway, landlocking us in. And I couldn't get out for food. Now, for a limited time, you could get a one-week food supply, like I said, in a handy ammo can for just $39. They have gluten-free food for under $100. All you have to do is real easy. Go to my website at juliastruckatcafe.com. Click on the emergency food supply tab. You just scroll down, look at the images, whatever you want. Click on the image, and that'll take you to the website for more information. Why not buy food insurance? You insure your car. You buy health insurance, vision and dental. Why not food insurance? You need to stay prepared. Winter's coming. You never know when the interstate's going to get shut down or when somebody's going to be without power, ice storms or something. You need to stay prepared. Get yours today. Go to juliastruckandcafe.com. 
click on Emergency Food Supply tab, get your $39 one-week supply of breakfast, lunch, and dinners in that neat-looking ammo can. I have them under my bunk, and they are delicious. And back to the news. State troopers are hiding in plain sight in construction zones. Troopers in New York State, which we kind of know about, right, guys? And gals, troopers in New York State are disguising themselves to keep an eye on drivers as part of an enforcement operation called Operation Hard Hat. This fall, New York State Police has teamed up with the New York DOT for multiple enforcement efforts as a part of Operation Hard Hat. With this effort, troopers dress as highway workers and operate New York DOT vehicles in various parts of the state in an effort to catch drivers who violate New York's move-over law, which requires drivers to slow down and change lanes when approaching emergency and highway maintenance vehicles with flashing lights. According to a newest release from the New York State Police, troopers embedded with the DOT maintenance workers will radio to waiting troopers that will pull over any violators, end quote. During Operation Hard Hat event, it was last week on November 7th. Troopers on Long Island ticketed more than 100 drivers, slapping each with a $250 fine and two points on their license. The Operation Hard Hat efforts have been taking place throughout the fall at various locations, and state police say they will continue the enforcement efforts until drivers get the message. So, be prepared. You never know who's wearing that hard hat. And us drivers are going to really love this article. Not Truckers to pay seven times more than car drivers under a new toll plan. The heavy tractor trailer trucks that significantly wear and tear our bridges will pay seven times more than the base car rate which is comparable to the regional average. A governor who was criticized last year by the trucking industry for his truck-only tolling plan is back with a controversial new plan. Of course, he's governor of Connecticut, Ned Lamont. He debuted a new transportation funding plan called CT2030. Lamont's plan is designed to generate $21 billion for infrastructure improvements using a combination of federal funding, borrowing, and tolling on both passenger and commercial vehicles starting in 2023. Guess we're not going to Connecticut no more, huh? Tolls could be collected at 14 different locations throughout the state. For more information, you can click in the article where the tolls will be collected under the CT2030 plan. According to Lamont, roughly 40% of those users will be paid by out-of-state drivers and still more will come from the heavy trucks that do the most damage to our roads. We'll build better fucking roads and you don't have to worry about it. Instead of cheap crap frickin' blacktop that's blacktop on top of blacktop on top of blacktop, as my mother would say, patch and a patch and a hole in a patch, Lamont's plan state. Quote, the heavy tractor-trailer trucks that significantly wear and tear up bridges will pay seven times more than the base car rate, which is comparable to the regional average. Yeah, for the East Coast. Lamont says that federal and state tax law would prevent toll revenue from being diverted for non-transportation improvement projects. Groups like the MTAC have come out against the new tolling plan, pointing out that out-of-state trucks already pay millions in taxes, via the IFTA agreement and, and IRP, International Registration Program, or CAB card, 
On the campaign trail in 2018, Lamont told voters that he believed he could generate anywhere from $100 million to $200 million from truck-only tolling. After he was elected and in the face of harsh criticism from trucking groups and anti-tolling groups, Lamont, oh, he backpedaled on his plan, admitting in an op-ed that truck-only option provides too little revenue, too slowly and too piecemeal to make a meaningful difference. Yeah, sounds like you're walking backwards on that one. Backstepping, you piece of garbage. And in other news, don't get me started. In other news, Wyoming troopers share a video of a brutal truck crash. Wyoming's Highway Patrol shared a dash cam video of an out-of-control truck that barreled into a trooper's cruiser during hazardous road conditions. Yeah, well, don't be having your ass parked on the side of the highway. The uh, Wyoming Highway Patrol would like to release the in-car camera footage of a recent collision. This video is being released to raise awareness of hazards emergency personnel deal with daily. Don't be sitting on the side of the highway. As you can see from the in-car camera, rear-view camera, the commercial vehicle had moved over to the left lane of travel. However, the commercial truck was traveling too fast for the hazardous conditions, causing the driver to lose control. The driver of the commercial vehicle was cited, excuse me, for careless driving. Wyoming Highway Patrol would like to remind motorists when you see emergency lights ahead, slow down and prepare to stop. Yeah, right. The emergency lights are activated to warn the public of an imminent hazard or emergency. You think? You're supposed to slow down, but when you got a left lane full of cars and nobody's letting you over, like Tennessee and Missouri and a lot of them other states... Yeah, it, that's real easy to do. But anyway, like I said, don't get me started. At least two are dead in a semi-truck crash and explosion. Authorities say that several people were injured or killed when a semi-truck exploded in Texas. The explosion was reported near mile marker 84 on I-35W in Denton, Texas. Uh, the explosion is reported it involved a flatbed truck hauling butane tanks. At least one other vehicle was reportedly involved in a crash with a truck leading up to the explosion. Police have confirmed that three people died and another three were injured. Images captured at the scene, you, you, you could tell that the cab of the truck was badly damaged in the explosion and the fire. An update, or Denton police have updated the number of fatalities from three to two. So I guess only two people passed away, but still that's two too many. And a truck driver who stabbed a co-driver over a messy truck sentenced to decades in prison. Well, yeah, because that's aggravated assault with a deadly weapon. A truck driver found guilty of attempted to kill his co-driver at a New Jersey truck stop last year has been sentenced to prison. On Friday, November 8th, officials say that 42-year-old North Carolina-based truck driver Christopher Teeter was sentenced to 20 years. August of 2019, Teeter was found guilty by a New Jersey jury of various charges, including attempted murder, aggravated assault, and possession of a weapon for an unlawful purpose. Really? These charges stem from October 12, 2018 incident that happened at the Petro truck stop in Bordentown. I remember reporting on that story. Officials say that Teeter and his co-driver, 41-year-old Georgia resident Paul Steffen, began to argue about the messiness of this truck. The argument escalated and Teeter reportedly pulled out a knife and stabbed St Stephen multiple times in the gut. When police arrived on the scene, Stephen had collapsed on the ground at the truck stop. He was taken to the hospital in critical condition and survived after emergency surgery. And in other news, a botched helicopter landing. <laughs> 
tears the shit out of a semi-trailer. A helicopter carrying three people did some serious damage when it crashed in a near trucking company's terminal in Indiana the weekend of the 11th. The crash occurred on Sunday afternoon in Lebanon, Indiana, according to a report from the Indianapolis Star. Authorities say that 50-year-old Illinois resident Randy A. McCormick was piloting a 1958 Sikorsky-S-58JT helicopter when he crashed it into an empty trailer at the XPO logistics terminal while he was attempting to land the aircraft. The blades of the helicopter struck the trailer and sent shit flying everywhere. Police say that three cars and one other trailer were struck by the stuff flying in the air. McCormick suffered a minor injury, including in during the incident, two other people traveling on the helicopter weren't hurt. The incident is under investigation by multiple air agencies, including the FAA. Yeah, think? And a pass attempt puts a truck driver truck driver's lives in danger. This happens all the time on these two-lane roads. I don't know why people are surprised. A Facebook user shared a frightening video of a head-on crash involving several commercial vehicles. The video was shared on November 10th. Um, she's like, just wow, bloody, bloody, blah. You know, nothing done. So very tired of the BS out here and nothing done. You know. So one, it was a box truck trying to pass a flatbed and it didn't make it and it ended up being a head-on crash so you know i'm sorry for the loss of life for the other driver that was i'm sure tried to swerve out of the way but i'm not sorry for the you know just the stupidity of the box truck you just you know that's the stupidity is out here anymore and a family-run truck stop closes down for good in nebraska i don't know if you heard about it but a popular independent Nebraska truck stop is closed down permanently after decades of serving the trucking community. Earlier in November, Don and Randy Shoemaker's truck station, truck stop located off of I-80, shut its doors for the last time after serving drivers since 1969. The truck stop closed because founder Don Shoemaker passed away in April at the age of 87 and the operation became too much for his son Randy to run it by himself, and he plans to retire. The Cobbler Inn, also operated by the Shoemakers, also has closed. Uh, the 23.5-acre property is currently for sale at 3.4, only $3.4 million. This truck stop was founded, like I said, in 1969 by the brothers Don, Harley, and Roger after they purchased Scaly Oil Company truck stop and renamed it. Family argument in 2008 led Harley to build a separate shoemaker's truck station near the original location. And finally, this week in news, a fake trooper is pulling over commercial vehicles. Michigan police are looking for a person who say they falsely presented himself as a state trooper, but he pulled over a semi. The traffic stop happened just after 10 o'clock in the morning on Friday, November 8th, last week Friday. Police say that a man driving a dark color 2008 to 2010 Chevy Tahoe pulled over a commercial vehicle near Layton and Fowlerville Roads. The suspect reportedly fled the fake traffic stop when the commercial vehicle asked for his identification and a business card. Good job, driver! The suspect is described as a male in his late 20s or early 30s, between 5'10 and 6 feet tall, weighing 220 to 230 pounds with no facial hair. 
During the traffic stop, he was wearing a dark uniform, sunglasses, a silver badge, and a name tag that may have read Smith on it, and a duty belt with handcuffs and a radio. Oh, my God. The Chevy Tahoe that the suspect was driving did not have decals, but was outfitted with emergency lights in the grill and windshield and spotlights. I mean, he could have been a fireman or, you know, put them in himself or whatever. The Tahoe does not have an overhead light bar or a push bar on the front of the vehicle. Anyone with information on the suspect is asked to call the Livingston County Sheriff's Office at 517-546-2440. That's 517-546-2440. Now, I do giggle at that. I do laugh at that because of how the guy ran off. But if you think about it, there's a lot of creepazoids out there. So, I mean, if he, God only knows what happened if there was a lady driving like me and a solo driver and he pulled me over, number one, I would probably beat his ass. Um, but number two, you know, there's a lot of crap happening out here. So this week is going to be a little bit of a short week as far as the show, uh, the length of the episode goes. But I would greatly, greatly appreciate all of you who tune in every week to listen to me babble here on the cafe. If you are new to the cafe and you would like to check us out, at the bottom of every episode on the website at juliastruckatcafe.com, there are links that I have listed where you could find me, like iHeartRadio, and I'm on Pandora app now, YouTube, iTunes, or Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, Spotify, and many more. Please like us on Facebook, and don't forget to join our discussion group at Julius Truckett Cafe Regulars. I share recipes on the website under the cafe menu. Also have a check out the cafe store and also the page of stupid shit that drivers do. Please subscribe to our email list at juliastruckingcafe.com slash newsletter. That's juliastruckingcafe.com slash newsletter. And I'll send you the show notes, all of the articles right to your inbox. This way you don't have to Come back to the website and root around, which I'm glad you do. But, you know, in the future, if I'm having new things in the works, I got a lot of ideas I'm working out right now. And please take my survey. Um, if you happen to see this on YouTube, how would you like? It's kind of a little YouTube survey, only a couple of questions. I greatly appreciate it if you want to bypass the survey when you come to the website. website excuse me. Just click the little X in the lower right corner uh, when the survey pops up. And before I forget, it would be great if you leave a comment, not only on Facebook, but on the bottom of every, every episode. You like it, don't like it, stuff I could change, don't talk when I'm so nasally, you know, the thing. Uh, if you're on YouTube, please don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel. I'm trying to build up the audience there. And so far, got over 5,000 likes on Facebook. Woo! See, I can't even talk. So before I lose my voice completely, or if you have any uh, ideas for a new show, you can always email me at info at juliastruckatcafe.com. And again, before I lose my voice completely, keep the shiny side up. Stay safe out there. And until next time... listening to Julia 
Midwest Trucker Cafe Trucking News Hour. Check us out on Facebook and Twitter. Take care. Have a blessed day.